0: which, as many of you know, is coming up in just two weeks on the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. As we create more and more opportunity for young people to learn about where their food comes from, we shape the future of local agriculture and plant the seeds of an ever-growing and increasingly sustainable food system. We also influence the health and wellness of the next generation by bringing whole foods back to the table, both at school and at home. Joining us today to highlight the programs and opportunities available to educate Maine's youth on local food, farms, and agriculture are University of Maine Cooperative Extension Educator, Ellie Libby, and Common Ground Country Fair Director, Jim Ahern. This is the 36th year of MOFCA's Common Ground Country Fair, and as fair director, Jim Ahern oversees the coordination of 700 vendors and exhibitors, 750 workshops, demonstrations, and performances, and 1,500 volunteers. It's quite an event. The majority of the educational offerings at the fair are kid-friendly, with highlights being the activities at the children's area, the animals in the livestock barns, and the youth enterprise zone, or the Yez Tent, where youths under 17 sell their handcrafted items. Ellie Libby, through her work with Cooperative Extension, creates and implements programs related to healthy living for 4-H school and after-school enrichment programs. She's Excuse me. She's the Maine's Food Corps program supervisor, which is an AmeriCorps volunteer program in 10 sites statewide, working on school gardens, delivering hands-on food systems education, and helping schools access fresh local foods. Ellie is also an active board member of the Maine School Garden Network and a representative on the Maine Farm to School Work Group and the Maine Agriculture in the Classroom Council. I've invited Jim and Ellie to join us today to talk about the wealth of educational opportunities available for Maine youth to learn about where food comes from and how to grow or raise it themselves. Farm-to-school programs, educational farms, extracurricular clubs and activities like 4-H, farm summer camps, and agricultural fairs all play an important role in shaping Maine's next generation of informed eaters. But before we begin the conversation on that topic, I'd first like to share a few seasonal items of interest about what's going on in the main organic food and agriculture world. In the MAFCA world, we're pretty well focused on getting ready for our big celebration of rural living later this month. And we'll talk about that more later on in the show. But just so happens that today, MAFCA is co-sponsoring Main Fair, which is going on right now in Del- downtown Belfast. The event is a celebration of Maine Food and Farms put on this year by Maine Farmland Trust. There's an expanded Belfast Farmer's Market with over 50 vendors going on until 3 p.m. At noon, there's a farm-to-table lunch. And this afternoon at 2, there'll be a panel discussion on how Maine can feed itself now and into the future. At 3.30, there'll be a screening of the film Truck Farm. I always want to call it Farm Truck. And the event will wrap up with local plates on the menu at several participating restaurants. For more information, you can contact the Maine Farmland Trust office, 338-6575, or go to their website, mainefarmlandtrust.org. I drove through downtown Belfast this morning, and it looks like there's quite a lot going on down there. So if you're going to be in the area, go check it out. I'd like to remind you that you're listening to common ground an hour on local food and agriculture hosted by the maine organic farmers and gardeners association for today's show we're exploring the multitude of programs and opportunities available to educate maine's youth on local food farms and agriculture we'll be taking calls from you or listeners in just a few minutes but first i'd like to hear from our guests today in the studio, we have with us Ellie Libby, an educator with the University of Maine Cooperative Extension, and Jim Ahern, who directs Mofka's Common Ground Country Fair. Thank you both very much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having us. Thank you, Melissa. <laughs>
0: um, I'd like to start w- with uh, asking each of you to maybe give your, um, an overview maybe, because <laughs> I know you both do so much, but an overview of your work or your programming in the case of the fair. Um centered around educating youth ladies first (laughs) thanks Melissa (laughs) (laughs) thanks Melissa (laughs) well um,
2: I just have to say I am thrilled again to be part of uh, common ground country fair I've been going for not uh, not all 36 years pretty close 32 <laughs> um, and it's an incredible event, so we're really looking forward to Friday at the fair. Um, it's amazing to see those school buses roll in, um, loaded with lots of our school children from around Maine. It's a wonderful opportunity for them to see what's happening uh, via agriculture in Maine. So we've got uh, the Young Maine Tent is going on, and I'm sure Jim's going to fill you in more on all of the other details. But Young Maine Tent will have um, lots of representatives from around Maine that are working on not only uh, school gardens but environmental education, um, some of our 4-H camps will be there as well. All of our 4-H camps will be there as well. And um, we'll also be doing some talks in the 4-H livestock area, which is new this year, so uh, in the livestock area for 4-H. So we have two hours um, from 10 to 12 that there'll be some 4-H, uh, 4-Hers describing their 4-H projects, and then some food corps members will also be describing what they're doing um, in schools throughout Maine during that time. And then, again, there's lots of uh, speakers in the Young Main Tent as well. And then we'll also have a 4-H Kids Can Grow, which is a youth gardening uh, program. There'll be a Kids Can Grow display in the exhibit hall. And the Yez Tent, as Jim will point out, also has lots of 4-Hers there doing their Yez work. So make sure you get over there and buy from um, all those wonderful sources.
1: Great. <coughs> the Yes Tent is remarkable if you've uh, never been. It's, uh, it's the Youth Enterprise Zone. And if you can make it to the fair on Friday, you must, you absolutely must visit the Yez Tent. It is teeming with energy. It's really, uh, it's such a highlight of the fair. Um, but it's remarkable to see all the, the young entrepreneurs with everything from, the you other know, their homemade soaps and candles and, you know, uh, fiber goods. It's it's remarkable. It's, it's, it's terrific.
0: I generally do, mo- any fair shopping I do is generally in the Yez Tent.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's great. So Jim, you want to tell us a little more about um what we what we have going on at the fair for youth in particular?
1: Well, uh at, at Ellie uh touched on a lot of the the, the highlights and and uh there's a it, every year it grows. So uh in addition to uh the pro, the young main area, which I'll describe in just a moment, but uh as Ellie said, we have some uh, 4-H groups uh, participating in the livestock area this year, which is terrific. That's been something that we've been trying to find a good way to work into the fair, and we're really delighted that that's coming together. Uh, and there's uh, there's an area of the fair that uh, is down, if you're familiar with the grounds, it's down towards the Pine Gate, and it's called the Farm and Homestead area. And the focus of that area is very geared towards small farms or homesteads and and the the coordinators of that area after the fair came to me and said you know we'd love to do something with kids here and and uh and the beauty of the fair is that it's very driven by the people that actually volunteer and run it and organize it so uh i kind of sort of stand back and and play somewhat of the i don't know the 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 maitre d just make sure everyone gets a seat at the table and uh and um, so uh be- Becca Gagne in particular really uh you know, helped make this happen as uh as well as some of her friends. And so there's a whole new tent there this year with programming for kids. The uh what was it the Long Barn uh educational, educational initiative and it's down out of broad, the uh Broad Turn Farm in Scarborough. They have a camp there and so some of their staff will be up and helping to do some programming in there and the folks of that The farm and homestead kids tent will be to have activities that are geared towards things that actually happen on on a farm or on a homestead that kids can do. So, you know, sort of chores or making goods or, uh, you know, food, making, you know, cooking or, uh, you know, fiber projects. So things that kids can actually get their hands on and have fun with while contributing to life on a small farmstead.
0: That sounds really cool. Definitely want to check that one out.
1: Yeah.
0: Ellie, um, maybe you could give us a little more uh, context for the work you do all year, maybe, not just at sure. the fair, because it's a lot. And it's all tied into the fair, of course, but yes. um particular 4-H, What's what's going on with 4-H? Sure. I was in 4-H when I was, I don't know, 10 or 11 years old, and it was a pretty small group at the time. <laughs> so what's been going on with 4-H Good. for those of us who have been out of touch with the program. Well, great. Thanks, Melissa. And, you know, I had a a question from somebody in the
2: in the larger public realm last week saying, well, what is 4-H? What does it mean? So maybe I'll start with um, there's a 4-H pledge and it's I pledge my head to clearer thinking, my heart to greater loyalty, my hands to larger service and my health to better living for my club, my community, my country, my world. (laughs) So there it is, 4-H. So 4-H in Maine is really expanding. There's a club program which still has a lot of livestock interest, um, poultry, uh, goats, dairy, dairy working steer, um, and, of course, our beef program, which is big. Um, So that is still going strong, but there are also lots of initiatives through um, 4-H after-school programming and 4-H school enrichment. So there's a a whole UMaine 4-H science, which is um, a new initiative that we actually got a grant from UMaine for, and um, lots of of, uh, items through the UMaine uh, 4-H science and food and nutrition. So there's lots going on. 4-H Kids Can Grow is a new youth gardening. Not new. It uh, was in 1999, Frank Wertheim first developed it. And it's really expanded throughout the state. So we're doing a lot more um, uh, youth gardening programs and youth and community gardening programs. And Food Corps has just been um, had a 4-H workshop at their main Food Corps orientation last week. So those 10 Food Corps members throughout the state have also had some training in 4-H and hopefully can then start some 4-H after-school programs as well. Really reaching out to more than just our livestock folks so that 4-H is is in every, every community. You know, it's the largest youth organization in the world. Um... And it's and it's the largest non-discriminatory youth organization mm. in the world, um, if I can say that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did, <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> yep. So, so we're we're very proud, and and we also call it our first class at the University of Maine. So, really, um, 4-H in every state is connected with a land grant university. So, we're through University of Maine 4-H Youth Development Program.
0: Great. Thanks. Sure. I want to remind you that you're listening to Common Ground, an hour on local food and agriculture, hosted by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. I'd like to open the show up to calls from listeners now. If you have um, questions or comments or stories, share. We're talking today about educating youth about food and farms and agriculture and how that is how that is going to shape the future of, of Maine food systems and farms. The... Number to call in the studio is 469-0500 or toll free 866-625-9378 and uh, you're welcome to call in and we'll just keep talking until we get a call. Um, Jim, can you talk a little bit about school, what's special about Friday? Sure. For school groups in particular, maybe?
1: Yeah. So uh, Common Ground Fair has had a terrific tradition of welcoming Maine students to the fair for free on Fridays. And that – so we have over – usually we get about 6,000 school kids to the fair on Friday. As Ellie mentioned, uh, the lot is full of school buses, but – we also get a lot of uh, smaller schools that come in vans or homeschool families. And it's, uh, it, it really creates this wonderful energy on the grounds uh, for Friday. So all school groups uh, are uh, welcome to the fair for free. Uh, we also, to the extent we can, we do offer groups that are taking their buses a, uh, a partial reimbursement for their, to help cover their gas ex- travel expenses. And there's information about that on the school group page on the FAIR website. So we we really try to encourage and make it as successful as possible to uh, the FAIR to be a good, a, a, an accessible field trip for kids in, in Maine. And then once they get there, uh, there's just a bounty of programming and activities available for kids. So we've talked about, uh, you know, the younger kids. There's the children's area, but we've been... Working with some of our exhibitors, we've we have we have a lot of uh, organizations that that have been coming to the fair and would have set up a table and and they've been saying, you know, we want to actually do what we do instead of just sitting here at the table and telling people what we do. And so a few in particular, the uh, 4-H uh, camp at Tanglewood and Camp Croca, have uh, stepped forward to help create. They've kind of adopted the woods behind the Children's Area and. And so now the woods is is becoming an area with activities that are geared towards a little bit more towards older kids, and similar to the the activities in the farm and homestead area, kids that more hands on, you know, gets get something for some of the you know the older kids and the teens that want to actually you know get their hands into something that's that's uh, that's fun to do during the fair. Um, what else? I mean, it's just and then there's the Yaz yes area on Friday, and that's Friday only. That's the, you know, one day only. Don't miss it. Mm -hmm. yes tent. Mm
0: -hmm. So um, how do school groups, do they have to sign up to come, or how do they figure out the logistics for that?
1: Uh, Best thing to do would be to go to our website. They don't need to sign up. We want to make it very easy. You know, if you're coming to the fair, just uh, uh, download. There's a form that they can download to submit their information for reimbursement. But there is a check-in tent, and uh, go through the school gate, and that's located on the the, uh, entrance on the North side at the Rose gate.
0: And there's signage as you're coming in that directs, that tells school buses where, yes, where the,
1: yeah. If you're not in a bus, follow the sign for signs for buses.
0: Right. If you're you're a school group, I
1: mean, a homeschool group. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of, uh, you know, there are a lot of, um, uh, smaller schools or private schools where the parents drive Mm -hmm. and, you know, so they all carpool up there and, and, uh, so we still get a fair amount of, of schools that the kids are showing up and cars driven by parents. So mm-hmm. if you're one of those folks, uh, just follow the signs for the school buses. <laughs> good. good tip. Yeah. I want to tell you a little bit about how the Young Main Area came about. Uh, and that goes back to our Fridays at the fair when uh, we'd have all these schools coming and the kids coming on particular on Friday. And, and uh, several years ago, the uh, main school garden network and others involved with a lot of the uh, farm to school programs wanted to create a resource tent for all the teachers that were coming on friday so we kind of expanded the check-in tent at the school gate and created what do we call it the
2: The educators tent at that point it wasn't real snazzy
1: but it it was great it was just (laughs) and and the idea was okay a gathering of all the groups that are working with main youth and with schools and experiential learning and farm to school, and so forth, and that they were gathered in one place. And they were all crammed into this tiny little tent and sharing tables. (laughs) And they were there just Friday, and the the obvious light bulb went off. Well, families are here on Saturday and Sunday, too. So uh, we expanded that tent. We kind of groped around for a, a name, and we called it the school zone for a year. And we've settled on Young Main as the name for the area. And the idea is to gather in one location uh, all those organizations that that are working with Maine youth and then also give them uh, some opportunities. There's a speaking tent where they can have talks and workshops and then out of that grew the uh, involvement of the 4-H uh, at Tanglewood and Croca in the woods. So really trying to work with that collection of organizations to bring those resources to people that might be coming to the fair.
0: Great. It's a great addition to the fair, Jim. I'm glad that two of you and others had the vision to, to add it because it's a, it's an important aspect, and that's why we're here talking about um, that topic today. I'd like to remind you that you can call in to the show. We're talking about um, educational opportunities for Maine's youth to learn about food and farming and agriculture in Maine and um, how that's shaping the future of of. Food choices and agriculture and the the landscape around food and agriculture in Maine. And uh, the call-in number, if you have questions or comments you'd like to share, is 469-0500. Or you can call toll-free 866-625-9378. Ellie how long have you been working at the Cooperative Extension? Not to ask a personal question. Oh, that's okay. I've been
2: uh, there since 2006. So okay. before then I was with uh, working with children and families with disabilities
0: for 25 years or so. <laughs> yeah. What? Um, I'd, I'd love to hear from you what your um some I don't know, some powerful uh results you've seen come of your work in the last six years sure um you know doing this work you know light bulbs that have gone off for kids or real you know impactful changes you've seen take place in kids lives
2: well, I'm so glad you said that. I'm always I'm always <laughs> full of stories to tell, and the most recent one happened yesterday. In fact, I um, had Jenna Cericello, our Food Corps member, copy it off for me. Um, she wrote down the story. She was an AmeriCorps VISTA member with us last year doing farm-to-school district work, and she um, has done this incredible program that Heather Halsey actually started with Maine Coast Heritage Trust um, called the Teenag program, and you'll get to hear about that at Common Ground <laughs> if you come on Friday, or I think she's also doing it on Sunday with her. Thirteen ag crew mm-hmm.
1: um
2: but it's it's phenomenal jim, jim did you want to chime in there for a no minute?
1: just to say yes that she is uh, she is doing that on sunday great oh yeah.
2: great it's yeah. phenomenal and um they also have a kids can grow program there that they've had there for oh, three three or four years now um but jenna was working with a group in rockland at the rockland oceanside east high school yesterday as part of her new food core work and doing a um uh, class on cooking and relating it to the garden. So they went out and she said, well, the chard was all ready to pick there, um, and it would have gone by if they waited another week. So they were picking the chard, and kids had never eaten it before. She did this recipe that Corbin Lichtinger from um, St. Mary's Nutrition Center, another Food Corps member with uh, Lots to Gardens, He did this recipe at our Junior Iron Chef Cook-Off last week at Maine Food Court Orientation. And it was a Swiss chard wrap with basil and mozzarella and tomatoes, heirloom tomatoes, and it was phenomenal. So she did this with the kids. She cooked it, uh, had the chard, and these kids that had never eaten chard before were, like, blown away by the taste, number one. And then three of them asked if they could take home chard to make it for their families, so that's the kind of thing that I am just so jazzed about. That we are getting these um, folks. Uh, our Eat Well Nutrition Associates did the same thing for many years, and our Food Core members are we're going going to be partnering with them this year, and will still um, with. Are ones that we have in our counties, and doing that work with schools and with after-school programs that really change the way these kids are looking at healthy food. They they have to first grow it, as you all know. Um, you know, getting their hands in the soil and growing those wonderful vegetables from seed and nurturing mm-hmm. them, and then saving the seed afterward. Thanks to some of our seed-saving programs with high schools and middle schools, like Troy Howard Middle School and Butte Valley High School, and many others throughout the state now. Um, Kids are really getting to know where their food comes from and doing the next... Thing, which is behavior change, which is really changing the way we eat, and starting with the kids and going home and influencing the parents. So, that's I think the most exciting piece. And it's not just about our fruits and vegetables. We have like Aldermere Achievers, as our 4-H Aldermere Achievers Beef Club. They are phenomenal. They were teaching kids at Union Fair, like pointing to the steer, pointing to the cow, which part of meat comes from where on this cow? <laughs> you know, really hands-on mm-hmm. stuff. Same with poultry. Same with our fisheries. You know, we're very. Blessed to have um, our incredible coast of Maine with lots of fishery uh, fishery choices for us, and getting those choices into schools, I think is really amazing. Amanda Beal's been really great about doing some of that work um, with fish to, sea, fish, sea, fish to fish to fish to fish to school. <laughs> Sorry, Amanda, <laughs> she's <laughs> listening. Um, anyway, I think those are the most exciting things for me, is to see how schools are. So many schools are asking for school garden help now. And the resources are just, you know, the resources and and materials and people interested in it are all just really bursting um so we're trying to to make sure that we have those resources for, through cooperative extension for teachers to learn more and also through main ag in the classroom and mofka has we utilize all of their <laughs> resources with our school garden 101 class so really it's a collaborative effort around the state with healthy Maine partnerships all our community organizations soil and water conservation districts really coming together to weave that web of support for schools to change food to change the way we eat both in school and out of school
0: that's great, Ellie. That's exactly the kind of outcome we like to see. And it takes it's making that impact on the individual level, one by one, but over time and through all of the the programs and the efforts, it really starts to make add up to real change in the landscape. Exactly. It's really exciting stuff. Jim, I know you get lots of emails in your inbox after the fair. <laughs> Some are good. They're all good. <laughs> There, you remember any uh, stories? Um, parents or school groups kind of giving a glowing review of their experience at the fair, or any other story you want to share? I know you have; your are full of stories too, Tim.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a setup, wasn't it? <laughs> no, I, um, uh, boy, let me think. You know, I, what I, the 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 memories that I have of you know that really stand with me are. Actually, a lot of them are the volunteers that come and help out with the fair, and uh, and I'm thinking of the families, and you know, the, and and a lot of folks uh, bring their kids and they help out, or uh, they'll come the weekend before the fair if the kids are in in school, uh, or if they're homeschooling. Some show up that week, and and uh, and even some of the older kids. I, I remember last year, uh, uh, as the sun was setting on a busy, busy Saturday night there was this van of uh students from the Coastal Maine Studies for Girls down in Freeport and they had all just finished helping to to you know clear the last parking lot there and they were all loading in their van and you know it was like wow where are you guys going this is a fun <laughs> van they just were having a ball and oh, and good. it was uh it, it's always special to see how uh you, you know the 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 fair is uh know somewhat of a touchstone but also a destination point and you know so many of these uh so many of the families uh so many of the organizations that that make it happen it's you know they're doing what they do year round and uh the fair is just three days as an opportunity for people to kind of get together and wave their flag and, and smile across the common at each other and i remember you i recognize you i saw you here last year or uh, and and that type of connection and sort of aff- and and I think in many respects affirmation, you know, to see that we're on the right track. Sometimes it takes time, but a uh, little wind in the sails is always nice, and and a full belly of delicious food helps too. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good observation, Jim. I think the the fair really is an opportunity for people to to come and celebrate the things that they've been working on and doing. And you're right; it's it's a sense of affirmation as well. That sometimes when you're out doing your work. Uh, all year, you might at times feel isolated or like you're the the outlier. You know, the you know waving your flag, and uh, you know the fair is a chance to, to for all those voices to come together and really encourage each other, and just feels so great that this is actually a, a movement and not just a fringe mm-hmm. you know thing that you're you're the only one in your community who thinks it's important for it to have a school garden or to you know have kids eating fresh. Vegetables every day, or you know whatever the the particular thing is, um, and there there are kids there. Well, there are adults now. The fair has been going on long enough now, so there are adults who grew up coming to the fair every year, and so yeah. there's that aspect of the the culture as well.
1: We have some coordinators who are young who uh, uh, shall we say uh, began their existence at the fair. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you know the cycle continues. <laughs> yeah. so There's uh, a, I don't know what
0: to <laughs> say. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> the, uh,
1: a lot of the uh, I, I was thinking of some of the organizations that the fair is this window into what's happening year round and and. Uh, Sometimes the, the scope of it is really remarkable and the connections of, of, you know, not just one group, but the way they work together. And I was thinking of, uh, I believe it's at Lots of Gardens and what Ari and crew are doing and sometimes teaming up with uh, The Telling Room, yes. which is a program in Portland with a lot of authors and writers to work with kids to develop their writing voice. And working with a lot of uh, the, uh, Im- the students in the immigrant community that are, that are working in the gardens and giving them that uh, that voice and that that development to sort of tell their story. It's yeah. really neat.
0: We do have a caller on the line, so we're going to invite them to, um, can you give your name and where you're calling from and then your question or comment? Good morning.
2: My name's Mary calling from Blue, from Blue Hill. <laughs> and my question was just uh, what areas, of maine are most involved in other words where do the teens come from do you see populations of teens coming maybe from central maine or from coastal
1: or the cities
2: mary did you say teams or t-e-e-n-s Teens, teenagers teenagers, teenagers okay that's okay Thanks. um no, that's a great question. And, you know, there are teen teen groups all over the state right now that if you're talking about the Teen Ag program that we mentioned earlier, um, Maine Coast Heritage Trust uh, with Aldemere Farms started it in the Midcoast area, and they now have a new program at Wolfneck Farm in Freeport, and then our program that um, through Madomac Valley High School, um, and we hope to expand that. We talked to Roberts Farm out in Oxford County about doing that maybe next year. Um, but then there are also increasing incredible teen groups such cultivating community and as um uh jim just mentioned lots to garden st mary's nutrition center both of them had food corps members this year and even before that time they were doing incredible work with youth and teens with youth justice and food justice and then, of course, the Hancock County uh, area, Hancock and Washington County, um, through Healthy Acadia, have been doing that work for a long time with um, food farms and nutrition uh, work. And you could contact Katie Friedman there in that, uh, at Healthy Acadia, to tell, she could tell you more about that area. You're you're kind of, I think, in that same uh, Healthy Maine Partnership District. Yeah. Um, and they have a Food Corps member down in Washington County that will be working on that same kind of thing this year. Um, so it's really throughout Maine, and right here in Waldo County, we have Katie Morbito serving with RSU three as a food corps member, so she'll be doing some teen work and as well as um, uh, younger younger work with younger kids as well. so it's really happening throughout the state um, in different pockets and in different um, different conglomerations of venues. That's great,
0: thank you so much. Sure. Thanks for your call.
1: Ellie, I was thinking, too, it seems that it's happening in ways that are sort of appropriate to each area. Yes. You know, so, for example, yeah. like I was just thinking of the work that, you know, lots of gardens That's working great. with uh, uh, the, a lot of the immigrant community in the Lewiston-Auburn area and a cultivating exactly. community down in Portland mm-hmm. uh, doing similar work there. Uh, you know, more of the urban angle. Yes. And, and as opposed to some of the, the you know, you're, you're not going to get a lot of livestock, right. uh, you know, kids in. <laughs> Uh, you know, in Portland, so yeah. it's really neat.
2: That's a great, great observation. Mm-hmm.
0: Ellie, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about um, some of your work with the Main School Garden Network. Sure. There's, <laughs> I mean, there's so much to talk about, and there I know is you're so involved <laughs> in so much of it, and it's hard to... Um. Um, <laughs> grasp really all of the different projects going on all over the place but maybe we can take that school garden piece love and to and explore that. it a little more sure and um i just want to say thank you to lee
2: carlton if she's listening mm-hmm. because um she had been a part of our main school garden network board but she hasn't had time recently because of her new job or not so new anymore but she's been the coordinator for the young main tent this year and last year so that was a big help thank you lee um so main school garden network has been was a First, first started many years ago, two thousand three, I believe, through um, MoFCA um, was affiliated under, and now it's grown and grown and grown. So they're looking at becoming a um, its own nonprofit. So there are many people involved in that. There's uh, soil-, soil and water conservation district representation. Um, Kat Coriella is the chair, and she's a, a volunteer um, a community member, master gardener as well. Um, uh, Main Ag in the classroom, Cooperative Extension. Um, uh, Healthy Maine Partnerships, if I didn't already mention them, um, and uh, Department of Health and Human Services. We have a new person on board um, through uh, Mary Ellen Doyle, Nutrition Coordinator through uh, CDC. So the work of Maine School Garden Network is really to connect teachers and connect them with resources and be there to um, create the framework for different uh, different, uh educational opportunities such as we'll have school garden open house coming up on september 29th and we'll be at um a common ground fair before that the week before with um uh materials there uh so teachers can stop into the young main tent and pick up various materials (laughs) and then we also help with main school garden day in the um spring, and you were going to say something? Oh, no, I was just (laughs) going to ask
0: more about the the open house. How do you find out information about what school gardens are hosting people?
2: Good question. So you go to www.msgn.org and. You'll have there'll be information on the website about the School Garden Open House, and there's also an incredible directory. So I've been telling people nationally about this because it's pretty amazing that we've got, oh, I can't remember how many schools now, but it's a lot of schools are on there, and it went from four two years ago to I think it's over 60 now, mm-hmm. probably over that. <laughs> um, so you can actually look and see if your town is located or your school is located, and that's also a great way to, if you're a community member that you want to be involved with a school garden, Please either contact um, your extension office to find out about the Master Gardener program, um, or uh, go and and or uh, go on the Main School Garden Network to find out which school is near you that has a school garden. They are always looking for help, and and tying that to the curriculum with after school programming is another wonderful venue to do. So, the school garden open house coming up. Main School Garden Day in the spring will be. We just decided May third and fourth will be at Troy Howard Middle School. Um, Uh, tentative still, but that will be on the Maine Ag in the Classroom website as well as uh, Main School Garden Network website.
0: Great. And what's the relationship between the Master Gardener Program and the Maine School Garden Network. Great question. <laughs> so, um, she, she's really good at these. <laughs> Thank you, Melissa. So, um, Cooperative Extension,
2: University of Maine Cooperative Extension, has 16 county offices, and every one of those county offices has um, resources for you, for school gardening, for youth gardening, for gardening programs, agriculture, um, nutrition, a whole 4-H, um, you name it, call your Cooperative Extension office. Um, Extension.umaine.edu to find out where they are, um, and and so the Master Gardener program is run out of University of Maine Cooperative Extension, and they have it's a um, a course that's uh, given in each of the counties or or combined, and those Master Gardeners um, then need to serve 40 hours in their community after taking the course. So school gardens are a wonderful way to serve that, and also Maine Harvest for Hunger. We're trying to link school gardens more with Maine Harvest for Hunger this year, so that we can grow um, more produce for our food banks and and food pantries in the areas and really getting kids involved with that whole service learning aspect of giving back to your community and what do you learn from that as well. So it's not just a community service, but it's actual service learning piece of um, what are they going to learn about seed saving that can then help the next generation and and food-wise, keeping food in the communities. Great.
1: When you were explaining the scope of that, uh, I was thinking of the you know how important it is for the families for the parents really that yes. that think that this is important and and mm-hmm. want to make it part of their their children's day and their school and their community to get involved because you know the, the through my window with the fair it wouldn't happen without volunteers and so i know we're all doing all we can but it really you know all the all the gardens that i've seen in my neck of the woods there's there are people that go you know it's a lot of them putting their personal Uh, effort into it.
2: That's so true, Jim. And thank you for leading that into a great example of someone who's going to be uh, doing a workshop at the Young Main Tent on Saturday, I believe, Karen Kleinkopf and mm-hmm. Abby Plummer. Yeah. Um, so come to Common Ground on Saturday if you want to learn about taste testing in lo- uh, local foods in schools. And she was a parent who was really concerned about what was going on in the schools and went to Amy Winston um, at Coastal um, uh, CEI, Inc., and who's also our lead regional lead agent for National Farm to School Network, and said, what can we do about this? And they started the... Um, uh, organization called FARMS, Focus on Agriculture and Rural Main Schools. And so uh, that has expanded with grant funding so that now Abby Plummer is a farm-to-school coordinator in that um, area, uh, AOS 93, which is in the Wiscasset area, and doing that kind of work. And it really started with a parent saying, we need to change this. Mm-hmm. And she's influenced the school system and the and the food service director is right on board with it. So it's really, that's exciting work, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some, getting back to some of those... What are the most exciting things about the last six years of my work? Those kind of things really are amazing.
1: Yeah. I was thinking a bit, too, of our colleague Cheryl Wixon's work, who yes. at times has yes. uh, done a lot of work with uh, commercial kitchens at schools or hospitals mm-hmm. to give them some insights to how to work with local local foods
2: yes and that she's got an incredible um local foods cookbook that you can use for main harvest lunchtime right on the mofka website mofka.org so if you are listening and you're part of a school please go on that website those are part of the main harvest lunch um resources that are available thanks to cheryl she did a great workshop back in gorham um oh, i think it was 2009 um but she did with co- mm-hmm. cooking local foods with mm-hmm. um teachers and and food service folks that was great
0: just going to take a pause and remind folks that we're listening to Common Ground Radio, an hour on local food and agriculture hosted by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. And uh, we're talking about all the wonderful opportunities for Maine's youth to learn and get involved with um, agriculture and food and farming and learning where food comes from. And we're, we welcome your calls if you have um, stories or questions you'd like to ask. The number to call is 469-0500 or toll-free, 866-625-9378. We have two very knowledgeable guests today, Jim Ahern, Common Ground Country Fair Director, and Ellie Libby, University of Maine Cooperative Extension Educator. So uh, between the three of us, we'll be able to answer your question pretty well, I think. Um, So back on the Maine Harvest Lunch topic when is that that is
2: perfect timing so come to common ground get all your resources and then it's the following week so um we sandwiched it that's why school garden open house is that that the 29th because it ends the week and common ground really starts the week. So it's a wonderful, that whole week long. But, um, we also uh, recognize that schools that that's the week, Maine harvest lunch week that we, um, celebrate local foods. But of course we want to celebrate local foods all year round. And so those little resources that Mofka puts out, those little wonderful pamphlets that we've been giving out all over the place, um, that, that really tell about which local foods are available in Maine at what time. And you can get those on org as well. Um, I didn't tell Ellie to plug mom. I know. I just have DM, to, though. By the way,
1: <laughs> but
2: really, oh, they're they're great. No problem. I need more of those. By the way, sure.
1: <laughs> and, and Melissa hasn't said it, but she created those.
2: Oh. Oh, even better. <laughs> and they have little recipes for those of you who haven't seen them. And they're pocket-sized, so you can put them in your pocketbook and take them to the grocery store with you or to your farmer's market, even better. <laughs> so that's great.
1: Stocking stuffers.
0: Stocking stuffers. That's right. So Maine Harvest Lunch, um, you mentioned, is is you know a celebration of local foods in yes. schools. And I think, really, it's been a good... Um, incentive for schools mm-hmm. to try out Farm to School. And I think that a lot of in a lot of schools, um, they've been able to grow on the success that they've experienced from Maine Harvest Lunch and, and expand that into more than just the, a one-time event in in September. Do you have any evidence to support yes, that? Yes,
2: we do. <laughs> we have lots of school districts across the state that are doing incredible work. So um, I won't hi- get to highlight them all right now, but no... If any of you are listening, that we are your, we are your champions. We love your work and thank you so much. Um, and I'll just say, Stormy Hendrickson, Ron Adams, um, Jeannie Lapointe. Um, those are just three. Uh, Allison Doherty, who's brand new at RSU three and doing phenomenal work. Fiddlehead Quiche. We had Fiddlehead Quiche at our main farm to school conference. It was it rocked. It was absolutely phenomenal. So um, really great great work happening. There's a, there was a processing pilot in RSU forty last. Year that used um, the com- kitchens at the school um, to then process and then taste test with the kids for local foods, uh, local food use. Um, Ron Adams is doing phenomenal work in the Portland school area, and he's got a whole new um, s- nutrition toolkit that he can uh, hopefully tell you more of. I think it- he's also coming on Saturday, or I saw Portland Public Schools on Saturday, so um, hopefully Ron will the be there. Don't have the whole schedule memorized, Jim. <laughs> Shame on oh, by you. the All way, 750 while I'm items. saying that, there's an incredible. Uh, if you get on the mofka website, our food Corps members have been telling me about this that you can actually plug in and get your schedule ahead of time. I didn't know that you did that. That was really cool. Yeah, so, Jim
0: can probably talk more about this yeah. new um, schedule platform <laughs> that we have that makes your your planning your trip to the fair much easier mm-hmm. than the the days of taking your newspaper and trying to. Circle the things that you might want to
1: go to. I still love to circle and you know scribble all over the, the newspaper. But yeah, but uh, <laughs> the f- the part of it is that as the fair has grown and our graphic designer Tim Nason has struggled to make it all fit on paper. I'm and sure, he
0: appreciates you naming him. Well, enough. we
1: got to a point where the font size was was challenging. Uh, you know, even the best opto- optometrists in the state. So uh, uh, the. Full schedule is still in the print version, but we are limited as to what, you know, just how much information you can put there. So we've started publishing the schedule online in a format that lets people search by topic and they can uh, create their own sort of account and profile and then save their favorite topics. and, And if you're so inclined, you can share with your social friends what you're doing Uh, if, if that's, you know, if that's interesting, but, uh, you know, and it's really neat for people that want to be able to, you know, spend some time and kind of dig in a little bit deeper and, and we're really kind of scratching the surface of it, but being able to provide more information about the speakers. Uh, We have so many wonderful speakers and we try to highlight, uh, every year, different ones in the print version. But there's no way we can include full biographies and histories of all the people that volunteer to to present at the fair, and you know so many of them are you know these are your neighbors these are people that live throughout the state and are doing the work that you know Ellie is describing and uh, uh it's it's hard to get them all uh in 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 the print version so anyway yeah uh,
0: there's really such a wealth of opportunities at the fair that it is you know it the fair almost suffers from having too much going on that yeah how how do you communicate that how do you let people know that there's literally something there for for everyone to take away um from their experience and yeah how to how do you you know boil that down into a sound bite or a you know a a nutshell so sketch helps it's yes yeah. yeah. but said. yeah
1: <laughs> but if you I guess if you go to it's on our website so if you go to Mafka.org or the common ground country fair. Com and just look at the schedule page and uh, and it's it's embedded right there uh, you can also uh, view it. it it works well on mobile platforms and actually the the company that's developed it says they're giving they're they're setting up an app for us. so I'm holding my breath to see if that actually is done by the time for the fair but uh, That's great. You know, I, I'm, I'm a little sort of... They've got two more weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want people walking around looking in their palms. So, you know, but it, it does make it, uh, you know, a good way to be able to hold the whole schedule with you. So. That's great. That's yeah.
0: Really great. I'd like to remind folks that we're listening to Common Ground, uh, an hour on local food and agriculture on WERU. And uh, we're talking about opportunities for youth to learn about food and farming and agriculture in Maine, and if you have a question or story you'd like to share about that, the number in the studio is 469-0500 or toll-free 866-625-9378.
1: I was thinking about the fair is just one of many of the agricultural affairs, and the Common Ground Fair is one of many, and one that, that I think after Common Ground, there's the Cumberland Fair and then Freiburg. So we're sort of at the tail end of the agricultural fair season, but all the fairs really are a great opportunity for people to get out and meet some of the their the farmers that live in their area that don't that you know it's if you're not farming, you may not be in the same circle where you where you'd come across folks in there. And I know from the many of the farmers that exhibit at the fair, and I'm thinking of the livestock exhibitors in particular, Mm -hmm. they love education. They love to talk to people. They love to tell them stories or answer their questions.
2: I'm so glad you said that, Jim, because I'm thinking of Union Fair and these little farm kids... Oh, I'll call. Okay. <laughs> these little these little farm kids that um, helped with our 4-H Farm to Fair project, which was new this year and modeled after Little Farmers at the Fair, uh, which is the Northern Maine Fair's um, exhibit, which is a hands-on um, educational exhibit for little kids ages 3 to 10 that Jessica and Linwood from Northern Maine Fair started um, based on one that they saw out Midwest. And then we did a 4-H Farm to Fair, and we had the kids that were there all week Actually came down and helped. So we had, um, you know, kids from a dairy farm, kids from a, a beef farm, all helping in that exhibit all week. A Phenomenal example of, you know, how they're so knowledgeable at ages five and up. Mm-hmm. They were telling the public about their farms. It was mm-hmm. really amazing. And Department of Ag, I just want to do a plug for them that they've been so supportive of both school gardens and that that new initiative for each farm to fair. We're hoping, we're hoping they'll. The
0: department, Use formerly it. known as the Department you, of Ag. Yes, thank
2: you, The <laughs> Department of Agriculture, Rural Food
0: Resources, Conservation and Conservation uh, Act. Yes. Um, we have a caller on the line. Can you please give your name and where you're calling from, and then your
1: Yes, my name is Jeff Titan. I'm calling from Little Deer Isle.
0: Okay. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the show. What was your comment or question?
1: Uh, yeah, I have a question. I, uh, I should preface it by saying that I've farmed organically for 40 years and uh, that uh, I've come to the Mosca Fair. I've been a volunteer for many years. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I really love the show, and I love that you're talking about all the things that the kids are doing involved in agriculture. and I think you're uh, maybe talking a lot about the trees, and I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the, the more fundamental things, the, the forest and... and uh, Each of you addressed the question, why is it that it's important to get kids involved with farming and agriculture and uh, uh, growing food in the planet?
2: Wow, that's great. I'll just say really quick, if you teach teach someone, if you give a child a fish, he can eat for a day. If you teach him to fish, he can eat for a lifetime. So I always use that analogy with gardening. If we give them um, a healthy meal, they can eat for a day. But if we teach them to garden and to farm, they're going to be able to have those skills for a lifetime. And we want to influence the next generation of farmers here in Maine. That's what Food Corps members are are here doing. We're really training the next generation of leaders in both the food, farming, and nutrition um, uh, systems. So really important. That's a great question, Jeff, and... (laughs) Melissa
0: <laughs> yeah, I can chime in on that. I mean, that's why we have the show here today, right? And maybe we haven't been addressing it explicitly enough, but the, you know, these programs are all adding to a, a change, a, a shift in culture. Um, And, you know, and that's the work that Moff has been doing for 40 plus years is, um, you know, just waving the flag, doing the programming, educating people, changing the conversation one person at a time and getting people talking about why organic is important, why agriculture is important, why, you know, water is important, why soil is important, you know, why eating whole foods is important, you know, all of the whole the whole picture. And, um, of course, focusing on youth is really, you know, um, coming in at a very influential time in, in anyone's life when they're, you know, they're learning and they're forming their opinions and they're forming their tastes and um, all of those things. And so, of course, it's important to to teach kids um, about, you know, where carrot comes from and what it looks like when it's growing in the ground and then what it tastes when it's just first pulled out of the ground and not necessarily just the nubs in the bags at the grocery store. You know, this is making all those connections that, you know, are really going to have an impact on kids and that they're going to remember and take with them as they go through life and make their choices, whether it's about the food they eat or where it comes from or uh, what they in 30 years feed their kids. So it's it's all connected and all really important
1: I was thinking of, uh, well, for stars, Jeff, thank you so much for volunteering at the fair, but that, this is a great question, and it really does get to the heart of what we're doing, you know, why, why we're doing it. Uh, Russell Libby often says that Mafka's work is about creating a more local and a more organic food system, and I think of the analogy, or, the, or rather the question, you know, when's the best time to plant a tree, and the answer is 30 years ago. Second best time is now, and so it, it takes time for us to develop that more local, that more organic food system. And 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 by that, it's a health, We're we're talking about a healthier uh, uh, economy, a healthier environment, and uh, and so the work that the the focus on the, on young Mainers is to re, is that you know planting that tree, so that thirty years from now we're even further along than we are now. And and I think what's what's Remarkable as Maine really has a great reputation for what's going on in the farming community and the vitality of the young farms and our uh, and our work with with kids and uh, and food and health and nutrition. So uh, it's 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 working. Mm-hmm.
2: So. We're lucky to have Lo- uh, Shelley Pingree on our side at the Local Food Farms and Jobs Act in a in our uh, in our country's you know <laughs> representation. Yeah.
0: Okay, we've got just a few more minutes. So I think I'm going to give each of you a chance to give your final uh, plug for any upcoming work or things you're particularly excited about. Ellie, you want to go first? Oh, particularly excited about it. Launching that (laughs) on you. Everything, Everything, right? (laughs) Everything. Did you talk about the Garlic for Good project? Oh, I didn't. Thank you.
2: Thank you. So this is another hands-on piece, um, Jeff, that might be really... um, uh, stimulating for you is that last year we had 25 schools that we thought we would sign up for this project called garlic for good we had over 50 schools so we actually had to go back and get more garlic from the source that we were getting it from which was toy howard middle school um in belfast and we will be doing that project again um uh, with with schools throughout Maine and they have been saving some of their garlic the ones that were already involved with that um, to, to replant but it's about getting kids into the garden this time of year when it's usually putting a garden to bed and instead of just putting the garden to bed you're actually planting something that you'll be able to maintain and take care of throughout the season and see grow in the spring so very exciting and also a food item you know garlic scapes are incredible and guess what the poster this year is garlic It's very exciting. I was Mm -hmm. thrilled when they announced that in January. Um, So it's all about getting kids into the garden and getting them uh, eating healthy foods and on to Jim.
1: (laughs) Well, this time of year, I confess, I'm pretty much all about September 21, 22, 23, Common Ground Country Fair, and uh, uh, we're really excited what's on store this year. It's remarkable how many people work together, and how many people participate in the fair to make it happen. And uh, we're really welcome. I hope all the listeners can join us, whether as a volunteer. We're always looking for volunteers either for setup or during the fair or for cleanup, but also to get more involved and help actually create and program the fair. Uh, You know, the young main area that we've been talking about, the farm and homestead kids' tent, all these were conceived and by volunteers. And, uh, And remember, Friday is school group. Get in for free, and all three days, kids 12 and under are free. And the full schedule is online at commongroundcountryfair.com.
0: Great. And Ellie, are there any websites you want to give folks to some of the resources we've talked about today? Thank
2: you. Yes, so extension.umaine.edu. And if you go to the food page, that's where the uh, Garlic for Good page will be. Um, we also have main Garden to Lunchroom uh, videos, you, lots of YouTube videos on that site. Then again, the main School Garden Network website is www.msgn.org. And then our other wonderful resource is Maine Agriculture in the Classroom. So Google main Agriculture in the classroom, and that has a brand new site for teachers, mainefoodandfarms.org, which will be curriculum, so another exciting resource. And, of course, (laughs) www.foodcorps.org.
0: Wonderful. Thanks. I'd like to thank our guests, Ellie Libby from UMaine Cooperative Extension and Jim Ahern, Common Ground Country Fair Director, and also Amy Brown for engineering the show. Thank you. Be sure to join us next month when, speaking of garlic... MOFCA's Educational Programs Director, Andrew Marshall, will return as your host, and we'll be talking garlic, when and how to plant it, diseases to look out for, getting clean seed, and more. That will be Friday, October 5th at 10 a.m., right here on your community radio, WERU-FM. Thanks for listening.
1: Support for WERU comes from inner tapestry mains Holy-